Said G Podcast Show. And this episode is sponsored by Aquisha Garth. Before we go any further, please click the subscribe, follow, or favorite button. It depends on which format you are listening to this podcast, but this is how you get notifications for the latest episode. It's the Said G Podcast Show. I'm excited to be here with my family, family, which is you, which is your audience. audience. It's the Said G Podcast Show. to the said g podcast show mad salute to the audience you guys are great salute to rio grand dude norty brazil langster ireland and nashville tennessee i'm honored to do this episode in honor of my neighborhood i represent in that six mile most people are familiar with eight mile because of the popularity of the eight mile movie what people don't know, the government is the reason that my role system even exists. So this episode, I'm going to talk about how the politics and how this thing we created has transcended generations. The underdogs had come to the forefront. Six Mile, the movement, step to the front of the congregation. It's the Said G Podcast Show. Tell a friend. To the said G podcast show. Six Mile, the movement. And make sure y'all stay tuned as Dexter will be giving out his stock tips and Chuck's Corner coming up. Chuck posts a lot of interesting conscious messages on Facebook and I like to share it with the audience. So make sure y'all stay tuned for that. Six Mile, the movement. Um, I'm honored to, to tell this story right here. It's probably the only time this story will air even though as many people over there got stories to tell and you know many people have a book to to write they can and it's something you have to approach carefully it's just like my day one g's episode it's really an extension of that because these guys are day one i just took it to the sandbox with the day one g's and today it still puzzled me how i never just bridge that gap between my day ones and my six mile guys because all of my brothers you know my six mile guys they stand with me toe to toe um with love you know it's all love they do nothing but express love when we run into each other and i show that love back to them you know but it's a lot of politics that goes along with the six mile thing you know and how i first got hooked on to the six mile thing i'm gonna elaborate later on but i'm just gonna say a little bit right now um my grandfather moved out there on seymour street uh during the earlier part of the 80s uh it just got to a point um you know i used to come over there on the weekends and 
stuff like that. I was always around my grandfather. And uh, my auntie, uh, she just kept saying six mile, six mile, you know. And I asked her, why you keep saying six mile? And she explained it to me. And then when you look at the politics of it all, it actually goes into the politics of why she described that six mile to me. And that's sort of how I got hooked on to it. And um, other people were saying it too. So, and at that time, we didn't know we was actually creating a movement that has transcended generations to the point where it's in entertainment. It's in entertainment and so many people around the world actually is up on this movement that we actually created. And I'm getting to how we actually... um, popularized it how the movement came about how you know how it transcended generations and and where it started but right now i really want to take y'all to how to just explain how the road system go and then you know a lot of this got to do with uh the motor city episode as i talked about the great migration from blacks and whites up north to the northern states and with that great migration some some of those hardcore Jim Crow redneck type people went moved up north too. So, because the northern states wasn't really known to be that racist as the southern states, even though there's racism up there. You had your KKKs up there, you had your Hankins, but it wasn't so vicious as the southern states traditionally. Uh, and I just want to read a little bit to you guys. This stuff is interesting, how this really thing came about. And it's really because the federal government, how this thing even came about. The Myro system, as they call it. Uh, the Myro system in Metro Detroit and Southeast Michigan facilitates ease of navigation in the region. It was established as a way to de- de- delineate east-west roads through the Detroit area and the surround- surrounding rural realm. The mile road system in its most famous road, Eight Mile Road, came about largely as a result of the land ordinance of 1785. So that automatically tell you that the federal government had a lot to do with this. And you all can go back and look up the, uh, the land ordinance of 1785 and see what it actually is, which establishes the basis for the public land survey system in which land throughout the Northwest Territory was surveyed and divided into survey townships by reference to a baseline, east-west line, and meridian, north-south line in southeast Michigan. Many roads will be developed parallel to the baseline and meridian, and many of the east-west roads will be incorporated into the mile road system. The mile road system extended easterly into Detroit but it's interrupted because of Detroit's early settlements and farms were based on early French lands, grants that were aligned northwest to southeast with frontage along the Detroit River and later development along roads running into downtown Detroit in a star pattern, such as Woodward, Jefferson, Grand River, Grasher, and Michigan Avenue, developed by Augustus Woodward in imitation of the Washington, D.C. system. As Detroit grew, several mile roads were given new names within the city borders, while some roads incorporated as part of the mile road system have traditionally been known their non-mile names. It's unclear if they ever bore mile numbers formally. The baseline using the survey of Michigan lands run along 8 Mile Road, which is a pro- 
approximately eight miles directly north of the junction of Woodward Avenue and Michigan Avenue in downtown Detroit. As a result, the direct east-west portion of Michigan Avenue, M-153, Ford Road, west of Wyoming Avenue, forms the zero-mile baseline for this mile road system. The precise point of origin is located in Campus Martius Park, marked by a medallion embedded into the stone walkway. So that's basically telling you uh, how the mile road got uh, started. It started with the land ordinance of 1785. So they really didn't have a real mile road system, a road system. Then you had a bunch of farms and stuff that was out there. And that's how they marked the distance, uh, the distance from the, that point down at Campus Martius Park. It's interesting. And the most, the most powerful, um, popular um, mile road in my opinion uh, when it came into my attention was always seven miles. Seven mile was the cruise road whereas six mile you looked at as you in the hood you all the way out the hood so the more the higher the number to go is supposed to get better as uh, the neighborhood so when you got the eight mile which was generally the most weakest mile road uh, people just didn't want to represent eight mile until they ca- the movie came out. So in my opinion, seven mile was always the most popular, and six six mile was the uh, the underdogs. And uh, it's more uh, mile roads that we may not mention. Like they said, it's cut off at some point. So six mile, seven mile, and eight mile the only mile roads within the city limits that actually go east and west. But here's some of the other mile roads in the city. Uh, you got Zero Mile, that's Michigan Avenue. Um, you got One Mile, which is Warren Avenue. Two Mile, Joy Road. Three Mile, Plymouth Road. Four Mile, Schoolcraft. And Five Mile, most people know that's Finkel Avenue. And Six Mile is, is changing to McNichols when you get inside the city, the city limits. And Seven Mile and Eight Mile, you actually read those street signs. Well, it's a sad G podcast show. I'm just heating this up. We're going to get into what we call Six Mile. It's the movement. I want to thank everyone that has been donating to my media studio fundraiser. I've received over 70 donations, but it's a marathon and I will need a lot more. Donate to my media studio fundraiser today. Another conscious message from Chuck's Corner. Leveling up takes isolation, separation, and extreme focus. If you want to see any of Chuck's posts, you can check them out on Facebook at Chuck Young. Welcome back to the CG Podcast Show. Six Mile, the movement. You all can follow me on Twitter at Mr. 911. That's M I S T A 911. Instagram at CG Pod. Subscribe to my YouTube page too. I'm trying to get that going. I'm not getting a lot of views on there, but it'll get going 
And I just want to, I'm so thankful because of the audience. I got a chance to tell y'all some things about me. And Six Mile is definitely a part of me. I can move to, I don't care where. The love is too thick. And I just love the, the community that we created over there. And like I said, my grandfather was already living over there. Uh, the main difference between, say, like myself and uh, some other people, we went to Kettering. There's some people that went to Kettering over there. But I was basically a Denby high school stronghold, you know. And so my grandfather was living over there. And it got to the point where Miss Vincent was staying right next door to my grandfather. And that's when I first started noticing the camaraderie between the guys over there and I think in my opinion that's where it all birthed at you know that's where it all birthed at and um it's just so many people you can name man it, it just done grown uh it, it's kind of massive right now I don't think it going to the thousands but you know it's a nice number of people that's representing but to me that's where it all birthed at. and I just noticed they just had this camaraderie they were having a good time they were laughing you know and men are attracted to camaraderie uh, that's why we like sports and, and stuff like that. And that, uh, you really take a look at people when they say they join gangs and stuff like that. And you'll see the interviews on YouTube or whatever. They all started with they, they guys, you know, they were all crew, you know. It, it just basically started, hey, we got everybody back, you know. But some of the people that was over there, you know, uh, you got Lamont. He had his brother Wuzzle. They had other fam family members coming over there. I consider them Six Mile Associates, even though they may represent Mac and Bewick or something like that. You got Chuck and his brother Day Day, and salute to his sisters and rest, and rest in peace to his family and all that. But you really can consider them all Six Mile too. You had the homie Bryce. You got little man and his little brother. Uh, I think little man, he started having kids around there, you know. So now we talking about more generations around there. You know, I even got nieces and nephews that's thoroughly raised around there, like Snoop, uh, known to rap with the group Team Eastside, Snoop, uh, Team Eastside, excuse me. Um, that's the name of the rap group. And uh, you got the Hickenbottoms over there. I think down their grandmother still actually stay over there on that block. She owned a few houses over there. You know, Joe, Pony, and Quita and all of them re recognized that um, that Six Mile movement. Then you had the Waltz and the Kirks and all of them down there. You had Bobby, Corey, and Lil' Phillip. Um, and by the way, Lil' Man had passed away too, uh, so rest in peace to him. Then Lil' Phillip, I think he's doing life in prison. You know, he's just wilding out over there on the block, you know, on, on the Six Mile. So they from over there. You got my homie Little, that was my guy. Can't forget my guy Bo, that's for sure. His whole family. Uh, you had the Bay Tops over there, um, D Nail and them. Uh, my homeboy Troy and them was over there too, but they, I don't think they exactly represented Six Mile. He, he more with that McClellan type area. I go way back with him, you know. Uh, salute to their moms and them over there. They're over there uh, on a the block we call The Grove. And I'm going to talk about The Grove later on, but I want to read a little bit more. Uh, some of this interesting stuff uh, about the Mile Rose and Six Mile in particular. Uh, Six Mile, McNichols Road, Detroit. Six Mile Road, west of Detroit. Westernly County Line to Grasher Avenue in Detroit. A fourth mile gap exists between French Road and Connor Street, out of drive, due to a northerly extension of Coleman A. Young International Airport. And, you know, Coleman Young is the former mayor of the city you know he basically was the mayor 
ever since I lived there. So, but, um, it's another interesting side note. Um, on Detroit's far east side, which is aligned according to French and colonial loan lot system rather than the Northwest Ordinance survey, survey Grid, Cashew, Moross, and Vernier Roads are not extensions of Six Mile Road, Seven Mile Road, and Eight Mile Road, respectively. East McNichols, Six Mile, ends at Grasher, with traffic com- continuing to Cashew two miles away via Seymour Street and Moraine Drive. See, that's where we come in at. If you notice, they they automatically cut out Cashew, Moross, and Vernier Roads. And most people will confuse them roads as uh, extensions to 7 mile or 8 mile or something like that. But that's what I was told when I was talking about my auntie earlier. That's how she explained it to me. She said everything about 6 mile still carries through Seymour. So we basically turned Seymour into 6 mile. And that's where it all started. That's how I got hooked on it. So by the time I noticed the guys that's all over Miss Vincent house, and they were deep too. They were deep. There's so many of them. I can't name everybody. Then some of these people got these nicknames and all that. I probably never knew their real name. But to me, that's what all birthed at. And out of all those guys who seem to be the, um, I ain't going to say the leaders, but probably the most maturest, probably Lamont and Chuck, they seem to me to stand out more than anybody out of that crowd. You know, and um, that's what she told me. That's how I got hooked on it. So we literally turned Seymour into Six Mile. And everybody around there bit on it. So everybody started running all up and down the block. So uh, a few blocks, you know. And uh, we all just started representing it. So it got to the point where I actually got cool with them. Um, My brother was already cool with them. Um, Because it got to the point where my mom actually moved over there on what we call the Grove. And I'm going to come back and talk about the grow later on. Some deep stuff goes on with that. And um, at this point in time, we don't know we actually creating a movement. It's just something that we're representing. It's not really no gang. It's just a camaraderie type thing. And I really didn't take a look at this until my nephew Snoop died. Some people call him Soda. He's known. He has notoriety as a rapper out there. Um, Team Eastside Snoop. Uh, it was devastating to lose my nephew like that, and it still hurts to this day. And uh, they're still working on trying to find the murderer and all that type of stuff, but we stand strong with it. So talking to my sister all the time, but I really didn't take the look at this six mile movement until he passed away, because I moved away from there and I was gone for a long time. So I really didn't know what was going on in that area. You know, and I took a look at my nephew. Once I really realized what he was doing, he really kept a, it was a generational thing, you know, because it really actually started with me, then it transferred to my brother, then it transferred to my nephew. And that's some of the stuff that we got to stop. We got to stop these generational cycles when we got to turn these generational cycles into positive cycles. We got to stop letting our young people thinking that showmanship is the um, pinnacle of success that we need to stop <laughs> let's get to success first you know and uh, so that's when I actually took a look at this thing and then we look at the hi- historical ramification most of the people that brought street type, type stuff in that neighborhood they probably wasn't from around there so it was easy 
for that next generation to actually pay attention to us because when my grandfather moved out there was all white people out there you know and that that has a lot to do with the historical with people um where that great migration came from the south when people were coming from the south to the north because the blacks when they got to detroit they were redlined and when you get redlined, that simply means that they um, they made it hard for you to get proper housing by inflating prices. Um, say, for instance, you go try to get a loan for a house, they will inflate the price if you want to move in a white neighborhood or something like that. So whenever I went around the Seven Mile area as a kid, I looked at it like it was downtown somewhere. It was bubbling out there. There was a lot of shops out there. There was a lot of white people out there. They were out there shopping. It seemed to be busy to me. So when my grandfather moved out there, it looks to me that he stepped it up, stepped up. I'm like, man, we off in that Mack and Bewick area in the hood. We out here, it's nice, quiet, the grass all trimmed. There still was a lot of pe- white people out of there. That's why I say we first, actually first generation, but we not knowing that we first generation. So that's one of the reasons why I made it so easy for the younger generation to actually follow in our footsteps or look up to us or whatever. We don't know we creating this lane. And I just noticed that whenever I deal with Six Mile, we don't deal with the east side politics. We just don't. So if I go talk to my boy Greek or something like that, they gonna mention something about white boy Rick or you know, whoever was the popular baller or whatever. But when you go to Six Mile, they don't care nothing about none of that stuff. So what that tells me is that we carved our own lane. We didn't want to be like nobody. We had our own style. We didn't follow the Young Boys Incorporated or the Curry Brothers. We didn't follow none of that stuff. I'm not going to go over there and little man for them start breaking out talking about the Chambers Brothers. It's just not about to happen. I'm not about to pull up on Chuck and he about to start talking about Maserati Rick. It's just not about to happen. We just had our own world over there and I don't know too many neighborhoods around there that was like that. And I dealt with quite a few sets and they were stuck on that East Side stuff. You know, that stuff really affected me. You know, that's a fact. So but when it came to Six Mile, I just noticed that we got our own lane. And to me, the godfather of Six Mile is Chuck. You know, that's just in my opinion. You know, it was, uh, we all balled around there, flossed around there, uh, got plenty of money around there. Um, it was other people over in that area. They may not necessarily represent Six Mile, but you know, there's a lot of ballers and stuff over there in the area. But when it came to that Seymour, the Grove, uh, that area, all the way down from Grasher, we made it so everybody in that neighborhood could represent Six Mile. That is a fact. That is a fact. So, uh, we lost a couple of people out there. Um, my nephew is one of them. Um, D-Nail, the twin over there on the Grove, he's one of them. Uh, little, he lost his son uh, some years back. Uh, these are all Six Mile people. Joe is gone. Um, and we all just love each other. That's just what it is. But it's the CSG Podcast show. When I come back, we're going to talk about PDQ, Team Eastside. We're going to talk how this movement has filtered to through entertainment. It's the CSG Podcast show. Tell a friend.
You're listening to the soon-to-be number one show on Spotify and Google Podcasts, the Said G Podcast Show. And this weekly stock tip is brought to you courtesy of Spencer Enterprise and Investors Group, or Siege for short, where our motto is, don't reinvent the wheel, just reinvest. This is Dexter, and now, the info you came for. This is this episode's stock tip. I want to elaborate more on what a mutual fund actually is. A mutual fund is an index that traces a particular industry that you can own different percentages of different companies. When you have a NASDAQ mutual fund, what you have is small percentages of companies such as Microsoft, NVIDIA and other technology uh, companies in the, that composite, okay, as opposed to the S&P 500 index, where you have more traditional and reliable companies that provide more stability. An interesting fact that I want to point out is for the last 30 years, beginning of 1971, which was the inception of the NASDAQ, the S&P 500 utility index has outperformed it for the past 30 years, ended in 2002. Now, of course, we haven't experienced the next 30 years, and we don't know if that same result is going to come in, but it's a pretty reliable source and a gauge into the future to realize that you always pick value stocks over glamour stocks. So the S&P 500 index includes companies like Dominion Energy, which was re- recently acquired by Berkshire Hathaway, who's owned by Warren Buffett. Dominion Energy is an electricity and natural gas company. So when you think about the future and the future growth terms, you think that Dominion Energy wouldn't be, it'll get you a greater return like a Microsoft would. But to the contrary, what that company actually does, and when I'm speaking about that company, I'm speaking about Dominion Energy, they are more reliable, and because they're more reliable, they provide a very, very, very much improved safety margin for you, the investor. Please remember to do the numbers yourselves. Again, you're listening to the Sedge Podcast Show. This is Dex. I am president of Spencer Enterprise and Investor Group, uh, better known as Siege. And again, do the numbers for yourselves, people. Thanks for listening. Always got to salute the audience. You guys are the best. Westerville, Ohio. Birmingham, Alabama. South Haven, Mississippi. Corrales, New Mexico. And shouts out to Corpus Christi, Texas. They getting a lot of damage out there because of those storms out there. My prayers goes out to you guys. I want to thank you guys for listening to me. One love. podcast show six mile the movement and that's what it's become it's become a real movement my sister and him from around there and people some people call it from denby to the graveyard 
so that extends it down towards uh, you go on more west um, you get west or you get up there by Gunston and you know all that sort of intertwined together you know because when you get down there on Seymour people recognize that as Six Mile like I said we started that movement it started right there um, right off Chalmers right there Miss Vincent between Miss Vincent and my grandfather's house to me more of Miss Vincent's house and it really just kicked off like that and uh, it got to the point where Chuck Lamont Little man, Bryce, myself, we got really knee deep, knee deep off into the game, you know, and um, the street game. And to me, uh, I consider it second generation, even though we was all in together. Um, my brother Scuzz, Wuzzle, Day Day, um, PDQ, they they entourage, you know, I consider that second generation. And um, PDQ, you can't mention Six Mile without mentioning these guys. These guys were champions for Six Mile. That is for sure. Eternal was my guy. I promise every time I hit the Detroit, I'm looking for Eternals. I can sit down with them. You know, we may smoke a blunt or something. And um, and I really want to apologize to um, any younger generation because I did um, – set a tone over there chuck set a tone over there we all set these tones over there and some of that wasn't the most positive tone but again all these generations had to uh, take a, an account of where they where the mistakes uh happen at so um if i didn't set the best image uh, but i want to know let you guys know i love you guys and i'm doing whatever i can to do my part to see us have a better community but you cannot mention uh, PDQ without mention Six Mile. To me, I'll call them the kings of Six Mile, you know. And PDQ stands for put them down quick. Uh, you had the Lopes came over in that area for a minute, but they never really, really represented uh, Six Mile, you know. They moved um, going south towards Otter Drive, so they sort of took a stronghold in that Kilbourne area and all that, you know. They basically represented Crips and all that stuff. And then when they, the gangs and crews started, um, forming somebody like myself or Chuck, we were so into what we were doing, we wasn't really noticing that, you know what I'm saying? And we really would have took a notice of that. We could have really organized some stuff, like on some for real, for real stuff, you know. And so, uh, but I can say that I never, um, when dealing with eternal, I never talked about drugs, I never say, hey, let's get these dope together, and it was all about, um, music it was all about music he was, he was expiring to be a rapper and I, I i had the same interest so that's mostly what we would talk about and i ran into this, this attic out on the street you know crackheads what, what people call them i don't really like to call people crackheads you know uh, that's just my opinion but one came through they were selling a little keyboard so i went and bought it off of them and i took it right over there on elma street and i gave it to eternal most people call him Rob or Rob Lee or whatever, but the hip hop world know him as Eternal. And I gave him that keyboard. That was his first piece of equipment. He went and got a couple of other things like a drum machine and some other stuff, and he started making beats. You know, that's what I'm talking about. So I was on a positive tip with him. That was my guy. He passed away and rest, rest, uh, rest in peace to him. Uh, Smoke passed away too. Uh, Boo passed away. Uh, there's a few guys from the PDQ clique uh, that passed away. Then you got Diamond. Uh, 
Can't forget my guys, uh, Tommy over there on the Grove. We got Ty that was over there on the Grove. There's a bunch of people over there, man. We all represented that six-mile thing to the fullest, you know. So PDQ, they kept on making beats, and they started hitting the studio recording, then they put an album together. If you go back and look at that album, PDQ, Streets of Hell, look at the cover of that album and see the street signs on there. Now, these guys put this album together. They start running around the city. We were basically in the neighborhood with it. You know, we represent everywhere we went. But Six Mile actually put it on wax. I mean, um, excuse me, PDQ actually put it on wax. These guys in the clubs <laughs> playing these records and it represents Six Mile. And Eternal always showed gratitude towards me. That's a fact. And I'm sure he showed it to a little man and, um, to me, Lil Man was a little, probably a little bit more closer to the entire clique. I was close with a lot of them myself, you know, but he would always run up and show gratitude, man. I look up to you, man. I respect you, man. You're like a big brother to me. And I like to think that the entire PDQ clique looked at us like big brothers. Uh, we could have did a better job with education, but again, the generation before us, they wasn't all that educating themselves. So, um, that goes along with the educational system that goes in the school. There's a lot of politics involved in that. So, um, to me, in my opinion, they were the champions of Six Mile. They took it around the city. They performed. Um, they recorded this stuff, put it on wax. So, um, to me, they started taking it around the city. They took what, what they saw, which is more or less us. And there's other people, too, they, they looked up to and stuff like that. They might not, not necessarily represent Six Mile, but they looked at the Six Mile guys more than anything. They saw the movement. They saw the camaraderie. You know, and they saw everybody around that neighborhood all of a sudden represent Six Mile. They all up in Denby with that. We, I, we, I'm everywhere with it, so I'm way out of town saying it. So, you know, so... And a lot of that stuff is on YouTube and all that. But all the time, wow, we had our ups and downs in the game. And it got to the point where I got totally washed out of that game, which I, I, I'm glad I am today because God has truly has blessed me. There's so much going on, and, and God has blessed a lot of us. And a lot of us have rehabilitated. Some of us, I hope, I know I am. And um, I lead a great example now. So, um, But what's happening is... The, the generation coming behind PDQ, they actually watching them. They watching the Day Days. They watching the Wuzzles. They watching the Scullies. They watching the Eternals. They watching the Diamonds, the the Boos, and and everybody. They watching all of them. So now, my nephew, he's got a real interest in music, you know. And eventually, they put together Team B side, in which PZ is off the Grove, so he's much familiar with the Grove, you know, and. It amazes me when I turned around and listened to their records, I couldn't believe that they had my hustle in their records. I, I, I wish I could put some clips together just to play on this show, just to say, and if you sit around certain people, they would tell you Sad started that, or they'll tell you that Chuck started that. And you know, there's elements of Chuck and all of us in these records, that's fact, that's fact. And all of us having kids around there. So a bunch of our kids are six miles. So we talking about two, three, four, five, probably five generations. This is from just from the 80s. This is just from the 80s. So 
we've been there what 30 years that's a lot to start a, a generational thing so you got the team east side they blowing it up even more because you know my nephew always had a little following um with social media and all that and they turned it in, into something where these guys took it to a whole nother level whereas the world noticed this this six mile movement and i'm, I'm gonna go like i said i'm gonna talk uh i told you i was gonna talk some more about the grove what we called the grove they came back and named it cheddar grove in which it developed to, into a gang and there was some indictments put out on that and this show you how far this movement has gone and i'm gonna read a little bit about this this six mile cheddar grove gang six mile cheddar grove commonly referred to as six mile is a street gang that operates primarily on the east side of Detroit in the eastern district of Michigan within the area border roughly by East McNichols Road to the north, Kelly Road to the east, Houston Whittier Street to the south, and Charmer Street to the west. That is directly in our hood, no doubt about it, for sure. Uh, I'm not going to name the de defendants or whatever. I know at least one of those people on there uh, definitely represents Six Mile. Uh, where the Cheddar Grove name comes from. The Cheddar Grove portion of their name is a slang term for the street name Cedar Grove, located on Detroit's east side and within the gang's neighborhood. Cheddar also refers to lucrative monetary profits they generate through illegal narcotics distribution in that area, the U.S. Attorney's Office say. See? It's just the feds on my block to grow for sure. And I definitely walked around. There was a gang of dope. These before these generations, before they even came about, you know. I definitely, um, <laughs> we moved a lot of stuff in that neighborhood, that's for sure. And, uh, and that's not a good thing. That's definitely something you don't want to be bragging about, you know. So it's not great for the community. It wasn't great for the community. But let's continue on. Six mile members and associates gain position, status, and respect within the gang and become leaders within the gang by being loyal to the gang and fellow members and associates and engaging in criminal activities. Mm. It's this Cheddar Grove thing. You know they put on the front of it. Six mile. Okay. And this this why I was talking about the gang thing and camaraderie and all that. The relationships between Six Mile members and associates vary with some being siblings or cousins, some who became friends with each other during, during their childhood upbringing and living in certain neighborhoods or some who attended school together, including Detroit's Denby High School. I told you that was a Detroit, uh, Denby High School uh, stronghold. Most everybody around there went to um, Denby or Columbus. So... Six Mile members or associates claim or rep in various ways, including but not limited to tattoos, including dice, bricks, a reference to sizable quantity of heroin, the acronym BROS, an acronym for better respect or suffer, and the street signs of intersection of street, Cedar Grove Street and Hayes Street, distinctive hand signs, including formal, forming the number six or letter E. That's what we started all at. We started the E thing. You know, we put it up on both hands. That they remember. Uh, that, uh, that means six miles. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm just excited doing this episode. So, but anyway, uh, the letter E, uh, a reference to the gang's territory on the east side of Detroit and holding and pointing imaginary handguns, repping six miles. Members advertise or rep their gang affiliation by getting tattoos or dice bricks. Okay, I read that part right there. But, uh, 
that just shows you how long this stuff done last and how it transcended, you know, it transcended where these people had to come put indictments and they really put it on the map. And this stuff was all on the news, local news and all that. So for that little movement, from that camaraderie, from people laughing and, and, and uh, having a good time and just piling at, at Miss Vincent house, you know, it transcended generations. You talking about two, three, four, five generations. This stuff has been put on the map. The underdogs has come to the forefront for sure. Six Mile was definitely the underdogs, especially when you talk about Seymour. So, um, that's what it is though. To me, the godfather of Six Mile is Chuck. You know, you want to put Lamont up there, I'm, I'm up there with the thrones and all that, but you got to get respect, respect is due, even though I may get respect like a Chuck, and me and Chuck and uh, Lamont, we just got this mutual respect, man, it's this brotherly love type thing, you know, I consider Day Day like my little brother, my little grown brother, I consider PDQ my little grown brother, even though the team east sides and them, they may not know me, but they know the PDQs and they may know the Chucks and all them, so... Um, I've been gone for a long time, so a lot of those guys probably was kids when I was around, and I definitely was putting in work around there, that's for sure. Uh, definitely moved a lot of stuff over there. Um, I walked on there with birds, and I walked over there with an eight ball. I walked over there balling out of control, and I walked around there broke as I don't know what. So, you know, but it's six mile to move man i just want to tell you guys i love you guys i'm gonna represent this thing till i get put in the casket i can't help it it's a movement that i have to represent that for sure it has transcended generation it's across the world now we are at the forefront sagey podcast show